I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. me. In the bands, let the roof at the dealership. All right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know what time it is. The Fan of Van podcast time. Uh, not a very good week in football as far as, you know, whether you're a Steeler fan, a Giants fan, or even a Browns fan. So while we get into it, uh, might as well just discuss the Browns game first. Listen, <laughs> I was going at it practically all night with unknowledgeable sports fans, whether it was on Facebook or Twitter. Um, you know, you got Browns fans posting videos of themselves crying. Like, the officials cost us the game. First off, you're not in that predicament if Baker Mayfield doesn't throw four interceptions. You're not in that predicament if Baker Mayfield was the quarterback you all thought he was supposed to be. Okay, that's one. Two, the defense for the defense for Cleveland played their ass off. I'll give them that. To, you know, to come back and only lose by two to Green Bay... I'll give Cleveland credit there, but I'm not putting that on Baker Mayfield whatsoever. Because how is it you're down two and you have decent field position and you're and, and you're slinging the ball when you should be running it with with Chubb? Even your own players, Baker, are calling for it. Your own players are on Twitter saying we should have ran the ball. You know, it's almost like back to the Seahawks uh, Patriots Super Bowl. You know, third and one at the you know third and goal, and you need a yard to score a touchdown, and you're passing it. Instead of running it with, with beast mode Marshawn Lynch. You know, like all, all these people that think they know about sports. Okay. And they think they know the NFL and they think they know this and they think they know that. So this one guy tells me I'm deflecting. He's saying I'm making excuses for the officials because I came out and I said, the officials aren't the reason why you lost the game. Did they blow an obvious defensive pass interference call? Bet you fucking left nut they did. But guess what? We've seen it since week one, whether it's, you know, Titans versus Colts or it's, you know, Steelers versus whoever, or if it's the Dolphins versus New England or the Jets versus the Bills, it doesn't matter. The officiating has sucked. We know this. But you delusional Browns fans out there, wherever you are, whatever little, you know, bunker you're in crying and, you know... Throwing your little tantrums. You probably called out of work today. <laughs> Sorry, boss. I can't come in because <laughs> Baker Mayfield sucks. Okay? Listen. Listen. You need to play your way into a victory without having to have something like that change the outcome of the game. Because if that call gets... because Let's say they do call the pass interference. Let's just say. Do you really think Baker's driving him down the field to win the game against Aaron Rodgers? And in Lambeau? No. No, 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 no. No. And the other part to the Cleveland Brown fan base is that you're so delusional because you think you... Listen, on paper, you have a talented team. You do have talent on that field, whether it's on the defense or if it's on the offensive side of it. You have a stacked team. Your problem is this. You have a quarterback who in his own head, thinks he is elite. You are not elite. Okay? Baker Mayfield and the word elite should never be put in the same sentence. You know who is becoming an elite quarterback? Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. They're the team to fear now for the next few years because with with T. Higgins and you got Boyd 
and you got Jamar Chase, and you got Mixon. Listen, Cincinnati's got a decently built team that they're going to be a team in the AFC North to fear. And I think Cleveland, you're just going to go back to the bottom of the basement where you fucking belong. Okay? You know, you could sit there and say, you're a Browns, and you sit there and say, well, look what your team did against the Chiefs. And I said it all week to everybody. We cannot come out and play flat against Mahomes because they will take advantage of it. And taking advantage of, we did, they did. They did. The Steelers came out, played like they had no heart, no pride. For 60 minutes, you had a playoff spot. You, you in essence, could have controlled your own destiny to get in. Yeah, you would have needed a thing here, a thing there to get you, to, to, to solidify it. But it's like they played with no heart. And, you know, listen, yeah, TJ's playing hurt. That's not the only reason why we lost. We're down 23 points, and a kilo friggin' Witherspoon is flexing in the end zone from deflecting a pass. Chase Claypool seemed to learn from his, you know, immaturity. He's not posing on the first down anymore. You know, but this guy's posing in the end zone. You're down 23 nothing. I'm literally screaming at the TV. We're down 23 nothing, and this is what you do? This is what you're doing. So apparently some people are maturing while others who were mature are now becoming immature. And, you know, a lot of people now are saying that Mike Tomlin needs to be held accountable. Listen, I think Mike Tomlin is being held accountable because we don't know what's being said behind closed doors Monday after a loss like that. We don't know what, you know, what the Roonies are saying and what Colbert is saying to Tomlin. And we don't know what Tomlin's saying in response. You could sit there and say Tomlin looks emotionless on the field. He's not going to sit there and rant and rave like he's friggin' Bobby Knight, you know, at friggin' Indiana University, start throwing chairs, kicking basketballs like he's friggin' Coach Pete Bell from the movie fucking Blue Chips, right? He's not going to do that, okay? What happens behind closed doors, we don't know. Because other than the Antonio Brown saga, which, by the way, stop saying the media creates the drama around you because you create your own drama, Antonio, Okay? But to sit here, but to sit here as a fan base and argue amongst each other who's to blame. Listen, Matt Canada, you could go. Keith Butler, you can go. Listen, I'm fine with Tomlin. I am more than fine with Tomlin as the head coach for, for next year. You know, depending on who the quarterback's going to be, whether you go and you draft one or you use some of the cap room that you got to go sign at least a stable quarterback. But do you really want Ben back? Listen, Ben didn't play the best game of his career yesterday, but neither did the offense. Deontay had a case of the drops yesterday and fuck-ups. You know, this offensive line, you would think after 16 weeks would finally have some chemistry, and they don't. And they don't. You know, is Kendrick Green the answer to replace Marquise Pouncey right now? No. No, he's not. He's not the answer right now. Dan Moore's been decent for most of the year. I'll give Dan Moore that for being a rookie and having to take on a position. The, the, you know, what, he, what he's doing in year one, he's been fine. The secondary is weak. Other than, other than Minka, you know, Hayden's decent, but do you give Hayden the extension at the end of the year? Listen, Pittsburgh's got a lot of questions to answer in the offseason, but so do the Giants. Listen, I'm all for – listen – you know, and, and me and Jay have discussed it. If you want to, if you want to lose to get a better draft pick at this point, even though the Giants and the Steelers have different win loss records, and the Steelers were closer to a playoff spot than the Giants, but when you look at the Giants organization, okay, 
at least play with some pride. If you're going to lose, lose close. Don't lose by an insane amount and then sit there and then you got to hear reports. Well, we're bringing Joe Judge back and we're bringing Daniel Jones back. You know, I said it yesterday on Facebook. Lose with some pride and that these were the Giants issues. You had an inept GM who every draft that he's been involved in has been putrid. It has been awful. It has been disgusting. It literally makes you want to go play Frogger in real life. Okay? Because how is it in one year with a six pick in the first round, you get a kid you could have got in the second round, the third round, even the fourth round? Because if you listen to this podcast, like I know a lot of you do, and you're a Giants fan, did you really think Daniel Jones was on any team's draft board in the first round? You really want to believe that supposed report that Washington was going after him? Meanwhile, Haskins was the big name in that draft? Hmm? No. Because I, be- I don't believe that's why they picked him. I just think they picked him because Gettleman doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And then when you look at the other side of it, with the Jets, they have a GM that could build a Super Bowl team because he built the 17 Eagles Super Bowl team. He pieced it all together. And Zach Wilson's looked better. You know, he looked, he's looking better. I told my buddy Rob yesterday, I'm like, listen, you know, it, it, it takes some of these kids a little bit longer to, to adapt. And this is kind of a year where you have to kind of just say, hey, you know, the Jets overhyped themselves a bit as far as, you know, I wouldn't say the players, but, you know, the front office, hey, you know, we're going to be a playoff team and we're changing the culture. You can't just change the culture like that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It takes time. And the only mistake is that you brought in a rookie coach to coach a rookie quarterback. That, that's that, plus injuries. You know, and, and when I have to hear about injuries, listen. You know, and this isn't to bash the Ravens, and this isn't to bash the Ravens fan base, because I've done enough of that all year, done enough of that over the course of my lifetime of being a football fan. For... Granted, yeah, they got beat by 20 to, to, to Cincinnati. But the fact that Josh Johnson went out there and did what he did, for a guy who hasn't thrown a football in over a year and a half, hasn't had a touchdown since God knows when, to have a QB rating, I think, of like 98, throw for 300 yards, and somewhat keep him in it with the injuries that Baltimore's had. Listen, every team has been decimated at some point with injuries. But you can't just say, you can't just use that as the excuse to why you were once you you once had a two three game lead in the AFC North and now you're dwindling down. You can't use that as the excuse. You can't. Because I've seen people write, well, you know, Steelers fans say, you know, next man up. And you know what? It's not just Steeler fans saying it. It's football fans in general saying it. It's always next man up. It's the same thing in hockey. It's the same thing in basketball. It's the same thing in in, in baseball, in any sport. It's always the next man up. It's just the way it is. You know, and Johnson doesn't even get first team reps. So how is it that a quarterback that doesn't get first or second string friggin' snaps in practice, how is it he was able to do what he did yesterday? Who knows? It might be on the next episode of friggin' Unsolved Mysteries. I have no idea. But, you know, but going back to, to Pittsburgh, the Jets, and the Giants, the three, the three of them have a have a decent amount of questions to answer. The Giants have a lot of questions to answer. Pittsburgh's going to have a lot to answer. Do the Jets really? There's things they need to address. There's things they need to tweak. 
as far as their as far as their organization in order to become a winning team again. But they I don't think they have nearly as many questions to answer as Pittsburgh does because the biggest one is who's replacing Roethlisberger. And with these last two games and their divisional games, now with the playoff hopes being pretty much diminished at this point because you're going to have to have 855 million things go right. And some of it did go right. Houston beating the Chargers, and this is where... I don't want to hear, listen, I'm not bashing the Chargers, and I'm not bashing the fan base, but again, I don't want to hear their mainstream team, because this is what the Chargers do. They go out, and they wow you one week, and they go out, and they friggin' just bring you back to reality the following week. This is what they do, this is what they've always done, this is what they will continue to do. Whether it's Justin Herbert, at quarterback, or it was Phillip Rivers, at quarterback, or if it was friggin' Dan Fouts, at quarterback, or even when they had Drew Brees for a hot second, Okay. This is what this is what they're going to do. And speaking of Drew Brees, this was hilarious. So and I don't get their reasoning for this. So they're going into the Monday night game tonight against Miami. And Miami's been on somewhat of a hot streak. And I'll give them that. And for all those who want to give up on Tua Tonga Viola, you should be ashamed of yourselves. The Dolphins organization who wanted to trade him for Deshaun I love rubouts, friggin' Watson. You should be ashamed of yourself. Because again, it takes each quarterback that comes into this league, they're gonna develop different. Some may develop faster than others. This is just what it is. And two is finally developing to the fact that he's actually ranked one of the highest accurate throwing quarterbacks in the league right now. So New Orleans, Taysom Hill, I think, is on the COVID list. I think Simeon is injured. So they're calling Phillip Rivers to come out of retirement. And you're going to say, well, what's the part that's going to annoy you? Because it's coming. Phillip Rivers tells him, nah, I'm good. Drew Brees, they call Drew Brees. Drew Brees sends him a picture of him golfing. Nah, I'm good. You drafted Ian Book from friggin' Notre Dame. You have a quarterback, and yet you're calling up two guys past their prime to come and save your season. Why? Why? You have Ian Book. Use him. You drafted him. Use him. Anybody who doesn't know who Ian Book is, he was the quarterback in Notre Dame. So if you're a Saints fan, go watch YouTube of Ian Book because he's not a bad quarterback. And what's going to be hilarious is that if Ian Book goes out there tonight and lights it up, let's say he goes 18 for 26, 275, two touchdowns, let's say he rushes for maybe 30 yards. You have to then ask yourself this question, if you're a Saints fan. And Grant is only going off of one game, and it's to end week 16. Why didn't we go to Ian Book sooner? This is the other problem in the NFL. These teams draft players, and they have no idea how talented they really are. Look at the Giants yesterday. They decide to, they, they decide to start Jake Fromm, right? Okay. You only let him play eight drives. You got sports analysts saying he was abysmal. But look at the offensive line. Andrew Jones couldn't block a fucking wall. And a wall don't move. Okay? How's the kid supposed to develop in the NFL if you give him eight drives? That's asinine. 
And then Joe Judge comes out and he's asked, well, who's your starting quarterback? Oh, uh, to be determined. Uh. Just start Jake Fromm. Mike Glennon and his long giraffe freaking Toys R Us neck ain't doing shit for you. Okay? Start Jake Fromm. Let the kid play the whole game. And, and that's that. And that's that. I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, all you're really playing for at this point is just a better draft pick. It's all you're really playing for. And Jacksonville pretty much solidified. They get the number one pick. So where does Jacksonville go? Where does Jacksonville go? Because this year's other than Kenny Pickett and two or three other quarterbacks coming out of, I think, Ole Miss, and I forget where the other kid's coming out of. Other than that, this is a weak quarterback draft. So for, for, for Steeler fans sitting there saying, listen, you know, we need to go get Kenny Pickett. Depending on where the Steelers fall, Kenny Pickett could be sitting there, and I don't see Colbert pulling the trigger. Because Tomlin was very adamant that they don't want to start with a rookie quarterback. And that's, listen, I, I don't disagree with it. I don't disagree with it. See, Pittsburgh, see, the Pittsburgh Steelers, like the New York Yankees in baseball, they won't blow it up to rebuild. They'll build around what they have and just plug in what they need here, plug in what they need there. So it's a rebuild without blowing it up. Okay. What the Giants need to do is they need to just blow that whole son of a bitch up and just sit there and go, listen, we need to know we need to revamp this whole offensive line. You know, are we gonna keep Saquon Barkley? And I'll be honest with you, I think you give the kid a one year deal. You don't have to give him a ton of money because he hasn't been playing like a Pro Bowl running back. Let's be honest. You give him a one-year show-me deal. Revamp that offensive line. The defense is, it's okay. Can you tweak it? Yeah, you could tweak the defense a bit. You know, you have Bradbury, who's pretty decent in your secondary. Yeah, McKinney is pretty decent in your secondary. You know, you got Tay Crowder, which is pretty good. You got Leonard Williams, and he's, he's a decent, you know, defensive lineman. But if you could revamp that offensive line, you don't really have to get any other offensive weapons because you have that. And where I say blow this up is get rid of Gettleman, and I'm sorry, I wouldn't let the man retire gracefully. The man has made a mockery of your, of your organization by drafting like a douchebag. I mean, let's look back to even before the draft. He comes in, Odell Beckham wants an extension, Okay. Sure, Odell. Five years, hundred million. Two weeks later, bye, Odell. Go to Cleveland to rot. And then everybody in Cleveland, this is how delusional you are. You think Odell's the problem? You think Odell Beckham Jr. is the problem? Well, little do we find out, it's your own quarterback that's the problem. Baker Mayfield is a dumpster fire of a quarterback. That he's played his way out of any big money extension he thought he would get. Okay? Let's be honest. Because look at what Odell's doing in L.A. now. All it took was a quarterback with a good IQ to realize, hey, I got Van Jefferson. I got Cooper Cup. I got Tyler Higbee. I got this guy. I got this guy. Now I got Odell Beckham? Oh, shit. Now I got another weapon to throw to. And guess what? He's your Odell Beckham's had more touchdowns in three to four games than he's had in the friggin' years he had in Cleveland. And you idiots want to say Odell's the problem? Could Odell be a diva? Yeah, I'll give you that. But guess what? Odell Beckham 
was not the problem. Baker Mayfield was the problem. Oh, and speaking of that, how's your defensive player of the year doing in Miles Garrett? Because he's been non-existent the past two weeks. Okay? Okay? He's been non-existent. And why don't we just call this what it is now? T.J. Watt, defensive player of the year, been saying it all year, and I'll say it again, and he's done more in two less games than Miles Garrett's done all year. Okay, whether he goes and he breaks the single sack record, which I don't think is going to happen now, because he because had he had had one or two yesterday, I would give him the chance of doing it against Baltimore. But again, Baker Mayfield is the problem in Cleveland. Now, depending on the Watson situation, does Cleveland go after him? If if Deshaun Watson. From what I've read, they're going to go to a grand jury and indict on this guy. Okay? Now, if they do that, and he's deemed innocent of everything, does Cleveland take the chance on him? You'd be dumb enough not to. Because if you really want to sit there and say, in the four years of Baker Mayfield, what have you done? What? Granted, yeah, you've won more games with Baker, But where have you gone? Where has Cleveland gone? One playoff game? One? And and a wild card game where the Steelers played like utter dog shit? And then you got got beat by Chad Henney. Chad Henney. Baker Mayfield got beat by a guy who hasn't started a game in four years. Okay? In essence, since Baker's come into the league, Chad Henney hasn't hasn't been a starter since then. And you got beat by him when Mahomes was out with his concussion. You you mean to tell me you couldn't take advantage of a subpar journeyman backup quarterback at best? Yeah, but Odell was your problem in Cleveland, right, Browns fans? Yeah. Why don't you all get your heads out of each out of each other's asses and stop doing the human centipede? Open up your damn eyes and realize Cleveland Browns do not rock. This city of Cleveland does not rock. Right now, all the Browns fans are doing is, is <laughs> the officials, they caused us the game. The officials didn't cost you the game. Baker Mayfield cost you the game. Baker Mayfield, not the officials. Okay? Every week, me and Jay or myself have come on this podcast and we've blast NFL officiating. I do it on Twitter and I don't get a response. And guess what? One day I'm going to get a response. So for those who listen that, that follow me on Twitter, you've seen what I write. And it ain't the prettiest of things I write about them either. Um, but did that change the outcome of the game? In that scenario, we don't know. Do I think Cleveland would have stormed down the field and won the game? No. So in my opinion, I have to say it did not change the outcome of the game. Was it, was it a blown call? Yeah. But guess what? There's blown calls across the league all the time. What do you want? Listen, people have said to me, what do you want, every call? No, I don't want every call, but I want consistency. So if you had called that pass interference call in the first quarter, let's say 10 minutes into the first quarter, you, you called it then, you have to call it there too. That's all we ask for as a football fan. It's just consistency. But we don't even get that. We don't even get, even in the Pittsburgh game yesterday, they call a taunting penalty on Ray Ray McLeod. 
This is how great NFL officiating is. They call it on, so there's a taunting penalty, which really wasn't a taunting penalty, okay, in my opinion. Ray Ray McLeod, and I forget who for Kansas City, it almost looked like they were just talking like, oh, hey, you know, what, blah, 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 whatever. All right. They can't even get the guy right. They're calling a taunting penalty on James Washington. He's not even on the field. And you expect them to see a pass interference call that's blatantly in front of their faces when they can't even get that right. And the taunting penalty is such a joke because it's one of those, oh, yeah, we'll call it when we want to. That's what it seems like. Oh, yeah, we'll just call it when we feel like it. Oh, two people talking, taunting. Even, like, the Bears-Steeler game with Cassius Marsh when he did his little friggin' Mr. Miyagi fucking spin kick and then he was, like, kind of, like, staring at the, at the Steeler sideline. And he bumped into the official. You know why I think that I got called, honestly? Because Tony Carrente's an asshole. Okay, Tony Carrente is one of the biggest asshole officials in the NFL. And Tony Carrente got bumped into accidentally by Cassius Marsh, and that's when the flag comes out. Okay? So for those who sit there, and you want to you, you wanna side with the officials and say, well, you know, it's a hard job. Yeah. I'll give you that. It's a hard job. But guess what? When it's right in front of you, like in the, oh, what game was it? I think it was B- the Bills Buccaneer game two weeks ago. Three officials, not a single pass interference call in the end zone that would go in Buffalo's favor. Nothing. Why? Because it's the same old, because it, it's the same old thing. When Brady's on the field, it all goes in his favor. That's how people think. That's how I've thought for some time. Eventually, you've got to get rid of that thought process and just realize it's just across the whole league now. It's just a league-wide problem that Goodell needs to address. But Adele won't. But Roger Goodell won't address it because he's a bitch. Okay? The officials don't have to be held accountable. But yet the players have to be held accountable when they speak out about it. And it's not only in the NFL. It's in the NBA. It's in the NHL. It's in Major League Baseball. If you bash a bad strike call... You get fined. You bash a bad penalty call in, in, in hockey, you get fined. You bash a bad flagrant call, like the one like on Christmas on James Harden, which I'm sorry, he's making a basketball move, and the guy runs into his elbow right in his right in his freaking cock piece. Okay? I don't think that's a flagrant one. If James Harden were to come out publicly and blast that, you get fined. You get fined. But the officials don't have to ever come out and say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I should have called it there and I didn't. You do have, you do, and don't get me wrong, you do have, like, two, three days later, you'll hear, oh, yeah, we, oh, yeah, we blew that call. Like, Nick's Bulls about a month ago. There was two calls that should have been called that went in Nick's favor and both happened to involve Julius Randle. Okay, they come out the next day and say, yeah, after reviewing it, yeah, we should have made those calls, but we didn't. But where's their fines? Where's that accountability? There is none. Listen, I get you going by human eye and errors are going to occur. I understand it. But what's funny to me, and me and Jay even discussed this. So in the NFL, just like every other sport, you have a replay system. But, the, but, but this is where it's, the, the, this would be more geared on the NFL side of it. So if you're reviewing whether a guy got two feet in or the guy even caught the ball or if you're seeing if there's a slight juggle to maintain control while he's about to go out of bounds, 
if you're reviewing this as the people in New York are doing with the official on the field, and then you see that there's a pass interference, that there's pass interference that should be called, in my opinion, you should be allowed to call that pass interference. But they never, they never have done it since the replay, since replay has been implemented. In my opinion, if you see a penalty there, you should be able to throw a flag for it. Oh, by the way, he made a call, plus there was pass interference on it. Tack on an extra 15 yards, and let's go. Another thing me and Jay discussed yesterday, you know, when we were watching the Eagle-Giant game, you know, they always talk about wanting to speed up, the, speed up you know, a sports game. Well, here's one. Fourth quarter, five minutes left, and you're getting blown out by damn near 30. Why continue to play the game? Just go over to Joe Judge. Hey, you still want to play? No? Okay, game over. See you later. Goodbye. Because nobody wants to say, listen, I, had, I heard Steeler fans complain, why did CBS turn the Steeler game off? They came out and said it. They're switching to a more competitive game. And what did they switch to? The Raiders taking a knee. CBS did all of us a favor yesterday. Actually, they did it a little too late. Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin put Mason Rudolph in too late. I'm sorry. At the second half, and I hate to say this, I would have seen what Mason's got. I don't know why Haskins isn't active. I would activate Haskins for next for this week coming up and put friggin' and put Rudolph on the inactive list. And when you and if you decide to take Ben out for whatever reason it may be. Let's see what Haskins got. We got to see what we have for the future. And they're not doing that. They're not doing that. And, and it's so pitiful that the, play, that, that the way half the Steel organization played yesterday, and you have guys like Cam Hayward out there busting his ass on every play. And you have Najee Harris busting his ass on every play. And Minka still hitting hard on every play. And you got, you know, you got Deontay trying to do the best he can on every play. And then you got this Witherspoon douche fuck sitting there flexing in the end zone. First off, bro, you look like you haven't eaten a meal in six weeks. Stop. 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 When you're down 23, you don't celebrate. You don't. If you had gotten an interception, I don't want to see his run into the end zone, you know, you know, the friggin' pose for the camera. I don't want to see it. And none of us want to see it. If you're up 23, yeah, go ahead, showboat. And you're down 23, don't showboat. Just simple as that. But with all that being said, I got to start getting ready for work. So hope everybody enjoyed their Christmas. And as always, you know where to find the Fan of Van podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Podchaser, Good Pods. We're on Twitter, Fan of Van Podcast. Um, videos are always up on YouTube. We haven't done one in a while, but the latest one is up there. Um, you know, we appreciate all those that retweet when I put the new links to the episodes up, whether it's on good pods, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook podcast groups I'm in. Um, so hopefully, you know, I can get another one out before the new year starts. Um, if not, me and Jay will try to do one Sunday and, uh, everybody enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe, mask up. And as always, peace.